Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Work Party, the mini-sode. In these mini-sodes, we'll be sitting down with some of the brilliant women joining me on my 10-city book tour across the United States. We'll be talking to them about building a business, a brand, and more, getting the best business advice for women like you who are creating and cultivating the career of their dreams. Whether you're running the show or balancing your side hustles, we're giving you the Real Talk business advice you need. Season one of Work Party, the podcast, is brought to you by LinkedIn. Before we introduce you to our special guest, allow us to introduce you to LinkedIn, the world's largest professional network and our partner for season one of Work Party, the podcast. LinkedIn is a community of over 500 million professionals that are ready to help, support, inspire, and push you to achieve your goals. Whatever your definition of success is, there are people on LinkedIn that can help you get there. Today's Work Party Minisode is coming live from our Work Party Tour Stop in San Francisco with Emily Schumann. Emily is the founder of Cupcakes and Cashmere. After successfully growing her blog into an aspirational girl-next-door lifestyle brand, Emily launched her e-commerce site, ranging in categories of home, fashion, and gifts, inspired by the Cupcakes and Cashmere brand. Let's head to San Francisco and hear from her how she built her career. Welcome, Emily. We're so excited to have you, not only because you've been a friend and a supporter of Create and Cultivate for many years, but I also got to interview you for the book work party. So if you haven't read it, you'll have to read all about her chapter. It was one of my favorites. But let's start at the beginning. So your career started in a typical nine to five fashion. Can you tell us a little bit about your first job? Yeah, so my first job was at Condé Nast. I worked at both Teen Vogue and Domino Magazines, um, where I worked in sales. And I interviewed my entire senior year of college to, to work in this one place. I didn't really have like a backup option. I would have been in my parents' basement. Um, and so luckily, things worked out. Um, but I, I loved it. I learned so many valuable things um, at that first job that still kind of carry over to my career today. And one of the things that I loved about our story was, you know, you were working this job after the fact, and you were creating your blog and getting emails from amazing brands and people who wanted to work with you. And you were like taking calls like, hi, I, I, I'm, I'm at my job and I'm sneaking into conference rooms. But one of the biggest questions that we get asked at Create and Cultivate is, how do I know when to leave my job and turn my side hustle into my full-time career? What was that moment for you? 
So at that point, I had moved to AOL, where I was also working um, in sales, managing online media campaigns. And I was just kind of bored. I was, I mean, you kind of hear this from a lot of different people who have started their own thing. They just weren't feeling motivated. And so I think that's just a great kind of stepping stone to finding your next uh, job. So I think I had a, a little bit of an easier time knowing the right time to leave because they were actually laying off a good portion of the company. Mm -hmm. So they gave us the option. There was like a small severance package. And so I thought, okay, I have three months of pay. This seems like the best time to try it out. Um, and so, but I would say for other people who don't necessarily have such an obvious um, kind of point, exit, exit yeah. strategy, I would say to know that there's never really a perfect time. And just to know that anything that is really valuable that you're gonna try to do, there's some risk involved in it. Um, so I would say that if you have been at least even somewhat strategic in preparing and having a little money set aside and to have a goal, if it's three months, if it's six months to kind of meet certain kind of, you know, um, I don't know, deadlines or whatever it is that you're looking for, then I think it's just like you have to give it your all and you can't just do two things at once. You have to give it 100%. Totally. And you and I have that in common. So I was laid off. You were <laughs> you were given the option, different. Um, but it was one of those situations where it was like, okay, I'm in this, you know, I kind of have this situation laid out in front of me and I've met people at Create and Cultivates who are like, I just got laid off or I just quit my job. And sometimes those big life moments are the best moments possible. But one of the things that I always stress is, you know, when you're working at a job, a nine to five job, think of it as your education. And for you, what did you learn at those companies that you apply to your business today? Well, that managing online media campaigns wasn't for me. Um, I was <laughs> really like kind of yeah. terrible. I was actually terrible at both of the jobs that I worked in, but I learned a lot from both of them. Um, the first one, I think time management was huge. Mm. I I've always been just this massive procrastinator. So learning about time management. Um, but I think the the main thing that I learned from, from those two jobs was being proactive and mm -hmm. not even just kind of in advancing my career. Um, but I remember when I was at Condé asked um at one point my my boss I would go to her and ask a lot of questions and every time I would come into her office she'd be like have you tried to find the answer on your own and most of the time I hadn't I was just kind of being lazy and I feel like there's kind of that you know that whole entitlement thing that you hear about millennials I like I feel like I'm just on the cusp of still like <laughs> I, I call myself a millennial I think um I'm like right there but it's one of those things that I even see people now where it's like you have so much information at your fingertips mm. and you have to, to really exhaust all the possibilities before asking others for help because I think that will lend itself really well to to then kind of giving you those qualities as a self-starter and, you know, someone who works hard. So I think being proactive is a really, really important thing. Absolutely. As a CEO and an entrepreneur, but also as an employee as well. Like I always tell my employees, I'm like, I feel confident that you can figure this out on your own. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a really nice yeah, way of being like, of why it. don't you try first? Yeah, exactly. So you said something in the book that I loved and you said people tried to pay me with eyeshadows and pocket watches and <laughs> I would say that is a really generous offer but it doesn't pay my bills and I know my worth so how did you learn one to be confident in what you were asking for and two how did you learn how to sort of define your worth 
I worked in media, so I had a really good understanding. I kind of had a leg up, I think, than a lot of people in this um, kind of industry in the sense that I understood media kits and all of that kind of thing. So I understood that I knew how many clicks I was sending to a web website if I was working with a partner or how many conversions there were. So I would say to anyone who's kind of starting out, even if you don't work in the industry whatsoever, Again, do your research. Um, you know, I'm sure there are plenty of books and online tutorials, whatever it is, to, to get as much information as you can, just so that you can then present yourself um, in the most valuable way to a potential partner and say, here's what I can do. Because I think what people forget is that they look at these partners and think, oh, wow, that looks great. I would love that. That would be great for me. But you have to remember that in business, things have to be mutually beneficial. So by going to that partner and, again, being proactive and showing them what you can bring to the table is really important. Absolutely. So you obviously have a hugely successful and, and well-known blog, but you went beyond that. You know, you really approached your content and your platform as a business. And so now you obviously have a clothing line, which you're wearing tonight. It's amazing. I'm buying that <laughs> coat immediately. But you have books. You have multiple revenue streams that you've created. When did you have that moment where you're like, I'm going to go beyond the blog and build this out as a real, real business? So when I was still at AOL, that's when I started getting certain offers. I had managers that were approaching me, book deals, and it was then that I realized that there was something and that could be explored beyond just the blog. Um, and I understood, too, just the way that things were changing, even in how people were consuming media from going to these longer-form websites like blogs to then even going over to social media. And so I've always, I think, been aware of the importance of diversifying my brand. So not just kind of being like a one-trick pony and having a blog. For me, um, a big portion of that came down to writing books. I've written two books, and I think it really helps kind of solidify that I'm not just a, a blogger. I mean, in some ways, it almost takes on like this negative connotation. Totally, you know? yeah. Um, and so um, having that, and then um, I did a really great uh, collaboration with Coach and then Club Monaco. And so those collaborations and partnerships just showed me that there was a niche that wasn't necessarily being tapped into and there was kind of a room, you know, there was room for me to kind of then expand into as well. And I'm so over the like not taking bloggers seriously or like, you know, content creators. I'm like, these girls are crushing it and they're doing so many amazing things. So that has to end. Um, but, you know, I think being the boss has been glamorized. You know, I think like a lot of people are like, oh my God, look at her. She's on vacation <laughs> in Tulum and like then in the boardroom and whatever. And I mean, that's not what it's like for me. Definitely I don't not. know if that's what it's like for you or maybe I'm just doing it wrong. Um, but what does a typical day look like for you? It's one of the things that I love most about my job is that every day does look so different. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I love the, the most as well is that you know, every day it's it's I'm working on things with the clothing line or I'm doing a photo shoot or we're just in the office brainstorming content ideas. It's it it's always ever it's ever changing, which is great. Um, but yeah, the, the boss part is not the glamorous part. In fact, that's the part that's like the really nitty gritty, tough, tough stuff that you have to deal with with anyone else. And there's no glamour in it just because I happen to write about fashion and beauty. Um, you, you still deal with the same kinds of issues and, and that kind of thing. And I think especially for me, I went from assistant to CEO. 
So like I almost like missed out on all of that like learning curve that right. you, that while you're kind of going up the corporate ladder, you you gain a lot of exposure and experience. And I just kind of went right past that. So there's a big uh, steep learning curve for me over the years, and it's it's been really valuable having. I mean, we've been lucky to have really wonderful employees, so that I've I've learned a lot from them. But and you work with your husband, so I do. you guys work on the business together. So tell I'm always like in awe of those partnerships. I'm like, tell me <laughs> everything. But how, how does that work and how do you guys disconnect and, and how do you guys, you know, kind of work together day to day? So, yeah, that, that part is, I think, um, the biggest, it, it's just the, the best thing is to have Jeffrey, my business partner and husband, work with me just because I don't trust anyone the way that I trust him. He knows me. He has been my biggest advocate and cheerleader this entire time. And we really, our strengths and weaknesses really complement each other. And that, I think, is in... Um, in our marriage and how we're raising our daughter. And so I think finding someone that, that balances you out, it's not to say that it's not always, you know, there are certainly things like if we have a fight at home, then you go into the office and you're like, okay, we need to be like <laughs> nice to each other and civil because there's everyone here and it's going to make everyone super awkward if we're like kind of at each other. Um, but, you know, I think there are, there are just so many wonderful things that come from, from that. But for us, the balance comes also from creating very specific boundaries. Mm. So if we're out to lunch, we're out to lunch and we're just having lunch as husband and wife. If we're at home watching a movie or doing something, we really try to disconnect so that there is some semblance of separation. Yeah, work-life balance. And so you mentioned you have a team. So when building a team and hiring, what, are, what do you look for when you're hiring certain candidates? Depends on on the position, of course, but again, going back to being proactive, mm. someone with fantastic energy. It's a small team, so you need to have that kind of personality fit. Um, something that my dad always taught me was that when you're going out for an interview, even if they don't necessarily have a position available, if you kill it and they're like, oh my gosh, this person is amazing, we need to find a place for them. Mm -hmm. So I think that goes, that, that goes for a lot. Um, Obviously, someone who's really smart and has a wonderful collaborative, uh, I think, you know, just Nature, energy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think and we're really lucky that we have all of those those people w within our company right now. Absolutely. So a big part of your business is teaming up with brands. So when a brand comes to you, what do you look for in a partnership? When do you know to say no? And how does it work from there? I've always been really good at saying no. I mean, and, and to some extent, my manager's like, you're, you're too good at saying no. <laughs> so let, saying let's no. Uh, be open to this. So I think for me, I've always been, I've always paid attention to what feels authentic, what feels like a good fit. If it's a brand that I would want to mm. buy naturally, great. If, right. if I've covered them already and then they've, they've come looking for a bigger partnership, fantastic. Being able to say no is really, really important, though, because really at the end of the day, all you have is your integrity and your authenticity and if you're compromising that for a quick paycheck, then that's going to really show. So I've always just tried to make really, I, I think, you know, good decisions and, and try to, to work with brands that they're outlook aligns with mine um, and and you know obviously to get a scope of what they're looking for up front to see if it's something that we're comfortable with and and that dialogue is really important as well so you mentioned your manager 
who are some of the women in your life that have helped you be successful? I know at CNC we always say behind uh, every woman are great women, um, and it's so true. Like, or behind it, there's some meme that's like behind every great woman is like a group text typing her up, which is like <laughs> always the case. Who are the women in your group text? That's such a cute. I love that. <laughs> I mean, I I feel like even narrowing it down is impossible. I mean, from my mom and grandmother who are just oh, like such best, yeah. amazing, smart fearless women to my first bosses, which taught me an enormous amount to the women that work within our company and to my friends. I mean, they are the ones that I think being surrounded by really wonderful women that are your biggest cheerleaders and, and vice versa is, is just the best. So one of the things I love about you is that if you follow Emily on Instagram, your stories are hilarious, number one, but there's such a great snapshot of your life. But your feed isn't like everyone else's feed, which is like highly curated in Paris with like the perfect shot, the perfect <laughs> hair. You know, it's very real and relatable. Why did you decide to do that? And what and what has the impact really been for you? It's funny. I, I actually wrote a piece on it today on the blog just about um, just the responsibility of influencers and if you go to someone's feed and you end up feeling just like terrible about yourself and you're going through and you're like, oh my God, they're perfect. Everything is just flawless. Like you can't relate to that. So I've always really tried to put a, a, a curated version of my life. Again, nobody wants to see like the disgusting mess in my kitchen <laughs> or like my laundry right. pile. But I think showing some sort of realness is what people want. I know that when I'm looking at other people's feeds, just all the glossy, perfect stuff is not appealing anymore. And I think in that in that sense, the landscape has really evolved mm -hmm. over the last 10 plus years that I've been doing this. And that in the beginning, it did feel a lot more like a magazine of, yeah. uh, you know, bloggers like didn't show any behind the scenes stuff. And now it's, it's the stuff that really makes me feel connected with the community, whether I'm talking about my anxiety or struggles with breastfeeding or jealousy things. I mean, I'm not the only one dealing with those. So, so opening up to this amazing community of women has been one of the most rewarding things. And I, you know, I've seen your posts and seen your community respond. And I think it's, I think it's so important. I think that's so true. I think there is a responsibility for showing the hard times and the bad times. I think people so often are like, oh my gosh, she's got it made. And it's like, no. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> so one of the things that you do religiously is you still post to your blog. Um, your, you know, your blog has really been the lifeblood of your business and you, you still maintain that. Whereas a lot of people are just going to Instagram or just creating videos. Why is, why is going back to the blog important to you? It's always just been something that I've loved to do, writing longer form content. It, it just doesn't always lend itself to, to Instagram. And we still have a really big following on the blog, so it's important to kind of keep that up. But yeah, I mean, I think looking at each vertical in a different way and having a different strategy is is helpful. So for, you know, Instagram, it's kind of the quick, you know, digestible mm -hmm. things. And then if you want a longer read and kind of sit back, um, you know, that's where you go for the blog. Totally. And let's say I was starting a blog tomorrow or I wanted to start some sort of content creation platform. Like what would your advice be to me in terms of like all blog all the time, just go straight Instagram. Like what do you think is nowadays when you're starting out where it's such a crowded marketplace? I think it depends on what you're gonna be covering. And right. I think it's it's important to also find what you're best at. So if you are fantastic at doing makeup tutorials, then 
put your focus on YouTube and do Instagram stories. If you are a better writer, then then having a website is really important. I think knowing what you're good at and mm. your strengths, that's where you should then focus your attention. That's that's a really good point. So you're about to relaunch Shop Cupcakes and Cashmere this fall. Can you tell us a little bit about the relaunch and what we can expect? Yes. Uh, I think it's, I mean, we've been working diligently on what this website's going to look like. And it's funny because when we launched it, we just didn't know how big it could be. And we were just blown away by just the, the response and, and how well things, things did, but it just was never exactly, it never looked exactly the way that I wanted it to. I think it was more of an offshoot of the blog, whereas mm -hmm. now we're trying to make it just its own kind of premier looking destination. So just being able to shop will be a lot easier. Um, there's going to be more, connection with Instagram and being able to shop directly there. So we kind of have like a two-pronged approach with the with the launch, but it's upcoming in the next few weeks and we are very excited. So obviously you have a million projects going on. What are your, like, what apps do you use? How do you time manage? Like, what are your secrets to getting it all done? In the office, we use Asana. Do you know mm, Asana? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that the girls on my one. team love that one too. Yeah, that one's great just because it holds everyone accountable and you know what people are working on and their due dates, all of that. Um, we love Slack. Mm. So you can then just kind of keep a record of everything and have different channels specific for whatever you're you're talking about. Um, love Dropbox and obviously Instagram. I'm, I'm on that all the time. I love Evernote just to keep note, mm. like just curated notes as I'm well. I'm old school. I'm like notebook. Oh, I have yeah. a notebook, 100%. <laughs> like, I am a huge paper and pen person, but in the interest of sounding like I am evolved and embrace yeah. You're electronics. Like, I got yeah. my list. No, oh, no. I, I mean, I have, like, my list every single morning that I duplicate from what I've done online exactly. to then on the paper. Exactly. So, obviously, books, clothing, fashion lines, all these things. Is there any other projects that you have in the pipeline that you can tease out? Yes, we are launching shoes. Ooh. And this has been in the works for a couple years. It's one of the hardest parts. I'm bad at secrets. And so, <laughs> like, you know, is this just exclusive? like- Are we getting <laughs> no, this, this right is, now? No, I've, I've definitely kind of given Talk little it, yeah. sneak peeks here and there, um, actually without showing the shoes, but I, I was only allowed to show the shoe box, which was like painful for me because I'm so excited about how they've come together and the price point and all of that. So we've been working on this for quite some time and really excited. How many different shoes do you know? You know, I don't know the final count of what we will be launching with, but I mean, it's funny, we're already, we haven't even launched and I'm already doing pre-fall 2019. So this That's stuff- That's so like, crazy to Yeah, me. you have to work so far in advance. That's nuts, but we're really excited about that. So we are gonna wrap up with some sentence finishers. Okay, to be a successful entrepreneur in 2018, you need- a strong work ethic. Agreed. My guilty Instagram account I follow is? <laughs> so many. I think comments by celebs. <gasps> My favorite. It's so good. Supposedly they're starting a podcast, which I can't wait. To I mean, hear. that's every, like, okay. they're just so, seeing celebrities, like, with their clapbacks, like, I don't know how to do a clapback. Like, if someone it, yeah. says something mean, I'm like, that sucks. Like, I'm going to leave. But, like, My favorite these, they're so good. People are like, they're like, you know, like, you look like crap, whatever. And they're like, I'm just old, okay? Like, people are like, <laughs> yeah. oh, my God. They're so crazy. honest. Yeah. I love it. It's amazing. It's so good. And the Chrissy Teigen roundups are, like, my favorite. Everything. Um, one piece of advice I would tell my younger self is? So much advice. If I, if I had to say one thing to my younger self, it would be be nice to yourself. I, I mean, I... 
used to attribute any success that I had to like how hard on I on myself and you know I pushed myself so hard but my success didn't come from just being like really cruel to myself it was because I worked hard and mm. I, I was in the right place at the right time so I think it's a good thing to differentiate and to realize that you can be nice to yourself and find plenty of success. I totally agree. Well, thank you so much, Emily. Thank Let's give you. it up for Emily. Thank Thanks, you, guys. ladies. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Work Party, the podcast. If you felt inspired and learned something new, let us know in a review on iTunes and check us out on social at Work Party. For every episode, we have downloadable resources available on workparty.com. So you can put these tips and tools into action for your own business. Thanks again for listening. And as always, work hard, party on.